God, would you, would you bring to mind the things, uh, the way that you've moved in our, our lives even recently, even just this past week that we can give you praise for? Another day of comfort when we really needed it, provision where we needed it, sobriety where we, when we needed it, God. There's so much, there's so much to praise you for. Would you still our hearts? Would you still our minds and fix them upon you? God, I, I, I need you. I, I, I need you. God, would you give me what to say today? Would you guide me what to say today? You know there's always a bazillion ways we can go, God, and I want to submit my will to yours. I want your will and your will alone. God, we trust that this morning that you would give revelation of truth, that you would give revelation of Jesus, that we would encounter him. God, that's just what we, we uh, I, mm. It's like one of those things today, God, we don't want to just, we don't just come together and like get some nice information and stuff. Like we, we, we need to encounter you today, God. Like we need you. We need you. So God, would you reveal yourself to us however we need it today. God, would you reveal yourself to us? Would you draw us to yourself this morning? We stand against any scheme of the enemy, any, any way that the enemy wants to divide and cause confusion and conflict. We stand against that and say, leave now in Jesus' name. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. It's one of those, uh, yeah. So, um, my name is Britton, by the way. Uh-huh. So it's one of those things where I'm like, ah, oh, Lord, what are you doing? He said, I already told you what to do. You got to do that first. And so um, the Lord speaks. We, and Dave said this earlier, which is great. Like the Lord speaks to us. We believe he speaks. But sometimes, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes when the Lord speaks, I'm not always confident it's the Lord. Anyone else ever find that? So it's like, I mean, it could be you, but that might just be, might just be me. And I, I have this tendency when it's like kind of weird what I feel like the Lord's asking me to do. It's easier to discount, be like, no, that's just me. That's not the Lord. Anyone else? Yeah, okay. So that was this, that was this morning. And he's just stirring something in my heart. I'm like, oh, that's just me. That's not the Lord. That's just, and it might just be me. But the only way to know is to step out in it. You don't, <laughs> you don't know if it's the Lord until you step out in it or not, right? So I, there's something that the Lord's putting on my heart this morning. And, and um, it, might, it might be the Lord. And we're going we're gonna to see... But I know this stuff is, like, if you're new to Moran Park, like, this can be weird. And we don't, we're not trying to be weird. We're just trying to listen to the Lord, right? And sometimes it's weird. Um, so here, here's the thing. Sometimes the Lord will highlight different things that he wants to say or individuals he wants us to minister to. Right? So we've had different times. The Lord's saying, if you're struggling with this or, like, a, a right knee pain, whatever it may be. Just the Lord, it's not that he's excluding the other things. It's just he's... He's seemingly highlighting that to say, like, I see you, I know you, I'm doing something here and for us to pay attention to. Well, this morning, I feel like something's on my heart. It's a very specific word, and um, it's for a very specific person, and this is where we'll see. Is I felt like the Lord just uh, has something specific to say to someone named Chris that's 24 and has a tattoo on their right shoulder. 
I told you, specific, right? Is that, is that anybody at all? And I know sometimes we do this and people come up to us like, that was me, I was just too embarrassed. Like, how do you think I feel, right? <laughs> so, like, it's weird for all of us, whatever. Is that, is that anyone that describes you, 24, Chris? I don't know if it's male or female. Tattoo, like, just general region. All right. That was awkward, right? What do you do now? <laughs> I don't know. I think that's the thing. Like, we all, we're all in this together. We're all learning together. We're all trying to figure this out uh, together. And uh, I just want to encourage you um, that I'm with you in this and that we're learning to take risks together and hear the Lord's voice together. So let's pray before we dive into the text again. God, I don't want to move on ahead and just assume, well, that was nothing, so let's move on ahead. So God, if there's anything else you want to say, anything else you want to do before we dive in the word today, uh, you're the boss. You're the head. You're the king. And so we submit to you. And I do ask, God, if there's anything you want to say or do, Lord, would you speak? Lord, I know silence is super uncomfortable for me and a lot of us, but I don't want to rush. God, as we get into your word, I ask that you would continue to give me what I need and give us what we need to hear and obey you, that you continue to show us more of Jesus. I trust you, Lord. I trust you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, right on. So, just to catch you up, um, as Josh reminded you the other week when he was preaching, we've been through these few verses of Acts chapter 2 for like three years, it feels like, right? And the reason why we're going through this is because it was a number of months ago as elders, we were just really evaluating, like, how are we doing as the church? Like, how are we doing doing what the Word tells us to be? Not comparing ourselves to a former version of ourselves or another church, but the Word. Like, how are we doing? Really feeling like... Man, we're, we're not, we're, we're kind of falling short in some areas, but we wanted to not just brush through those things. I thought initially, I'm like, all right, what we'll do is we'll teach through these few verses in Acts chapter 2 in like six weeks, and then we'll move on. And, and then the Lord's like, no, you, let's, let's slow down. The purpose isn't to see how fast you get through this, but we want to see not just increase of knowledge, but a changing of behavior. And I've been encouraged, like, over these past number of months as we've slowly gone through, with the, what is the church built on? What's the foundation of the church? Where do we have cracks in our foundation? What needs to be shored up? What needs to be addressed? That there has been, um, we've seen an increase in fruit. We've seen God do amazing things. Hallelujah. Amen, my sister or brother. But um, this morning, I want to I look at two verses in Acts chapter 2 and continue to evaluate what, do, what is the foundation that we're building? Where, where are we going? What are we doing? How, how are we doing? Look at this in Acts chapter 2. 
We're going to do verse 45 and 46. Yeah, this is a snapshot of the early church shortly after the Holy Spirit uh, filled the Spirit and the church is birthed. And they start living in a very peculiar way. And, and this is, um, among a number of things they're doing, this is a, a snapshot of what they're doing. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. I mean, for me, this is like... This is an incredible picture, uh, because for me, it's a picture of, of an all play. Like, the church is designed to be a place where believers are, are part of a family together, where everyone gets to participate, and everyone gets to use their gifts, and everyone gets to contribute, and everyone gets to be used. Right, so here, if some people had needs, some people had want, and so uh, the people who had need were able to sell their stuff and give it to the people who had, had stuff, or other way around, whatever, you get it. Um, People were, were participating in here. They're, they're gathering. This is lifestyle of being together. Day by day, they're gathering in the temple courts. And I think they're gathering in the temple courts is because they're in Jerusalem and they were in the temple courts. There were temple courts there and they were used to doing that. And so they just gathered together as they were, were doing beforehand. And maybe there's some teaching there and some broader fellowship, some broader connections with the, the new Christians that were taking place in that city and, and see what God was doing without, and throughout their city. But not only that, they're just living this life together, this lifestyle of meeting daily in homes together where they're, they're breaking bread, which means that they're, they're, they're knowing each other more intimately. They're celebrating communion together. And I even think with that, it goes with the idea of needs being met where like some people just didn't have food. And so some that had food, they were gathering together and, and they were eating together. They're finding unity. They're finding uh, joy together. And it says they just ate the food with glad and sincere hearts. It's for me this picture of an all play. And I think that's the picture that I want to spend a little time talking about this morning from Rand. It's like, this is a huge value for us, is we want to be a church where everyone gets to play. I always think about, like, any of you guys grew up in, like, the, um, this is probably part of the 90s, but, like, the 80s and 90s, the big deal for your birthday party was a, a birthday party at the roller, roller skating rink. Anyone else ever have that? Yeah, amen. Oof. A lot of times, holding hands with those first grade girls, right, doing laps around, like, Couple skate. But at different points, right, they say backwards skate only or couple skate only. And then all of a sudden, it was like, all right, everybody, it's in off skate. And everyone gets back on, right? Like, that's the mentality I have. All right, everyone, it's an off skate. Let's get going. No, no, no. Get, get, get off your butt. Let's go. Let's skate together. It's everyone gets to participate. And I think this is the picture of the church where, where we, we see this, this life of everyone gets to minister together. Even even in stuff that we've unfortunately moved away from, that um, we put restrictions on certain things. And I think the reason why churches have put restrictions on things out, is out of fear and out of control. Like, what if things go sideways? What if things get crazy? What if things do it, people do it wrong? We've got to tighten down controls so that doesn't happen. Well, here's the thing. You see these people, they're, like, they're freely meeting at homes with one another, and they're breaking bread together. They're celebrating communion. And I don't believe that there were pastors or elders in every home, in every church, house church. I, I believe that the, the elders are over a city church. They're giving guidance and shepherding and teaching and encouragement. They're coming and correcting as needed. But people were free to live a lifestyle of listening to the Lord and obeying what he says. People are living this lifestyle of like, hey, we're together. Let's remember what the Lord's done for us and celebrating communion together. There was not an ordained person or a professional Christian or uh, whatever it may be. Believers got to do this stuff. 
I'm not trying to, listen, listen. I'm not trying to slam on any traditions that hold to a different way of doing things. I'm just saying, maybe there's another way. Not only that, but right after this, in the following verse, in in Acts 2, verse 47, it says, um, praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved, and early church for them being, being baptized. And I think is the life of the believer, they're living life, they're caring for each other, they're loving, they're leading people to the Lord, they're sharing the gospel, and when they lead someone to the Lord, they're baptizing them. I don't think baptism was set aside for those that were the sp- spiritual leaders. I think baptism is part of the life of the everyday believer that we all get to participate in, and the only requirements to baptize someone is that you yourself are a believer. It breaks my heart sometimes because I feel like I feel like there's two main drives for me on why I keep pushing what the church is called to be. Because I think because we've eliminated the sense of an all play, because we've said, well, you're not ready, or we've allowed people to disqualify themselves and say, I'm not good enough, I'm not spiritual enough, and then we say, okay, yeah, you're right, we'll do it for you. We've enabled people to not step into what God's called them to, or we've over-controlled and said, no, you're going to screw it up, I- I'm going to take over and do it for you, then it doesn't allow people to be empowered to do the work of ministry. It doesn't enable the, the ministers of the gospel, Christians, to go out and do what God's laid on their heart. And what happens then is we find ourselves in the situation we find our church in now, the church in America, which is one of immaturity and lacking, lacking fullness, what God calls us to be. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be harsh, but here's the deal. The reason why we're so passionate about this is because we believe that Jesus is the groom worthy of a bride that is holy and pure and set apart for his return. Like, the reason why we're so passionate about this and wanting you to step into this and, and participate in the life of the church is so that you can grow and mature. Because why in the world, would, if we love you, if we care for you, why in the world would we want to rob you of the opportunity of stepping into the things that God has for you? Why would we want you to sit on the sidelines when Jesus has purchased you from the dominion of darkness where we got full reign and we got to participate all day long in the kingdom of darkness? Why would we not want you to participate in the fullness of the kingdom of light which he's brought you into through the blood of his son Jesus? For too long, I believe we have stifled you and for that I'm sorry. It's out of a fear a lot of times of of control. Are things going wrong? But here's the thing. That's the reason why Paul wrote so many letters is because they kept screwing up time and time and time again. We, we see this, I think, with... Um, let's look at this. Care. I think there's this balance that we always have to find of, like, we want to empower and equip you, but we want to have systems that don't stifle you, but systems that lift you up to be able to do the work of ministry. Shortly after this in Acts chapter 6, what we see going on is the church is, it's growing, but also with the, the, the churches, you see this organic, just kind of we're meeting needs, we're caring for each other, we're selling stuff, we're giving it to each other, but there's also in the midst of that people that were falling through the cracks, people that maybe weren't so well connected, or maybe they're, they were connected with people that just, that the needs were too great to meet, and so these widows weren't getting their needs met, and, and some were getting their needs met, but there was a little bit of favoritism, so turn to Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6, verse 2 and 3, and this is after there's some issues with care. And it says this, And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, 
it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. Now, they are appointing deacons to specifically take care of the needs of the widows in the church in Jerusalem here. They're, they're saying, this is your specific role. We want to task you with this. You're good at this. You're gifted in this area. We, we want to release you how to do it. Now, what's interesting is that the apostles didn't tell them, this is exactly the way you need to do that. They trusted the Holy Spirit was going to speak to them. They trusted the Holy Spirit was going to help them figure out how to do it in the midst of the mess. But I think what ends up happening is when we start saying uh, that the church is going to help with this, the church leaders are going to put things in place, is what ends up happening is we now say, we're going to do it for you instead. It's easy here at Care at Moran Park is we have begun putting systems in place where we want to help equip you and help give you the ability to care for those in need. We have deacons in place at Moran Park. We have a handful of deacons, but it is not only the deacon's responsibility to be the ones that care. If it's only the deacon's responsibility to care for those in need at Moran Park, we need about 100 deacons, right? The deacon's job is to help take care of the big cases, help take care of those that are in crisis situations, help facilitate care, but not do all the work of care. We see this correction in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 16. says this is a whole chapter about how we care for the widows in the church and it says if any believing woman has a, has relatives who are widow sorry if any believing woman has relatives who are widows let her care for them let the church not be burdened so that it may care for those who are really widows There's this aspect where I think it's easy to let someone else do the work of caring. Right? He's saying, listen, if, if you have someone near to you, if you have a relative who's a widow and you have needs, you, you care for them. Otherwise, if you don't care for them, we're going to put them on the burden of the deacons. You're going to put them on the burden of the church, and it's going to take up resources and time and effort and energy. It's going to take away from someone else so that those who really need care aren't going to be able to get care. And so there's this aspect saying those the, the people that are in particular roles for caring, they're deacons that are stepping into care, but that doesn't take away from the responsibility we all have to step in and care for those who God has placed around us. And here's the deal. Moran Park, this is one of the areas I have seen you grow in so much over the past few months. I have heard testimony after testimony of you not saying, oh, you got an issue, just call Moran Park. Oh, you got a need, just go see a deacon. Instead, what I've heard testimony time and time again is someone who recently had surgery and wasn't able to do the yard work, wasn't able to cut the grass or take care of the leaves. Someone else from Rampark say, oh, that's what your need is? I'm happy to do it for you tomorrow and just do it. I've heard someone just go, oh, man, you're going through a difficult time. Can I bring you a meal and just say, I'm going to do it? I've heard other people say, oh, you've got this particular need or that particular need. Oh, I'm just going to step in and I'm going to do it, Right? Like that, that's what we want to cultivate at Moran Park is this idea of an all play where you are free to listen to the Lord and do what he says. Can we just pray a quick minute?
you ever get those, those nagging thoughts, and I just need to know if it's the Lord or if it's just my mind. God, if this is my mind going somewhere else and wandering, God, would you, would you correct it and fix it in Jesus' name? If it's you, God, I don't want to blow past it. weird like that's not weird but I, I think what prevents the church from living into this idea of an all play again is sometimes it's church leadership saying we're gonna we're gonna control this we, we don't want to mess we're gonna control it but I think a lot of it happens on the on the end of us is just that are believers in the church and, and we disqualify ourselves and so we say things like, well, I'm not an evangelist, so I'm not going to evangelize, so I'll just bring them to Moran Park on a Sunday in Britain. You can share the gospel with them, right? Or so I, I, I can never step into someone's situation because I'm not very, I'm not very good at it, so I'll just let, I'll let someone else take care of this or that, right? Or, or we disqualify ourselves because of um, sin that we're walking in. And we say, well, I can never step, like, okay. Sorry, I just, sometimes I gotta like get my body to move to get the energy out. Um, like, here's the thing, for so often in the church we have conditioned you that if God is birthing something in you, if God is stirring something in you, if he's putting ministry in you, if he's putting calling in you, if he's putting something in you, we, we, we've, we've given you this lie that like you need to get permission before you can go do something. You, somebody, you, you've got this thing burning in you and it's like, well, uh, I, I can't do it. I got to get permission or I, I got to get a clearance for someone to do it. And, and I think what we see in Acts chapter 2 is this, this life of people are simply listening to the Lord and walking in obedience and doing what he says. Listen, you do not need our permission to walk in obedience to the Lord. If God is stirring things in your heart, walk them out. If you don't know how to walk them out, come talk to us. We're not going to take it over. We're not going to do it for you. We're going to pray with you and minister with you and say, what's God stirring you? How do we help you do it? That's empowering. Saying, what's God birthing in your heart? How do we help you birth it? Rather than saying, what's God birthing in your heart? Cool, I'll take it and do it for you. But it's so much easier to disqualify yourself and say, no, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. I'm not spiritual enough. I don't have the education. I'm too much of a sinner. I'm too much of a screw-up. But then what ends up happening is we don't see the church live in the fullness of what God's called the church to be because we're sitting here idly by going, I can't do it because I'm disqualified. That is garbage. The spirit of the living God, the same spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead, is the same spirit that dwells within you. The same spirit of the living God that speaks to me and speaks throughout history is the same God that speaks to you. I believe in this next season of Moran Park, 
Like we're, we're trying to figure out, we're trying to figure out how to support you well. We're trying to figure out how to care for you well. We're trying to figure out, but we just know on the other side, if we create these giant systems, it alleviates you from having to do the work. And it makes a giant system that we have to continue to feed and give energy and resources to, to keep the thing moving. Instead, we want to free up time to walk with you and help you live out the things that God has placed on your heart. Like, this is the wild thing. We're seeing it so much lately. Is someone, we have a number of women here who God is stirring their heart for post-abortive care. Like, there's, there's a number of you guys, right, have walked through abortion in, in the past. And there's a number of people here who God's been like, this is birthing in my heart. Like, I'm having dreams about it. God's waking me up at night. God's saying, I, I have a passion to walk with men and women who have gone through abortion in the past. And instead of saying, cool, Britain, here it is, you go do it, they're saying, Britain, pray with us because we want to walk in obedience to what God has for us. So some of these women have started to gather together on a regular basis, and they're starting to pray and seek the Lord, saying, God, what do you want us to do? That is an all play. We have someone else here who's got, like, a number of folks who have heart for foster care, and men and women whose children in foster care who have hearts to see children reunited with their parents and so they have a heart to um, step into some of these educational classes these parenting classes for parents whose kids are in foster care to help support them encourage them and give them the tools they need so they can be reunited back with their kids and the family can prosper but instead of saying okay right will you do this Brian Park will you do this or I'm not qualified I can't do this they said God has put this on my heart will you join me in prayer so that we will see this to completion that's an all play What we saw, see in the past number of weeks, right, when Kaylee comes up and talks about joy makers, it's not because we uh, say, hey, Kaylee, you should go do some outreach, but instead she came and said, God's birthing in my heart to do some creative outreaches. Uh, will, will you pray with me? What, what is God saying for me to go do? I know, like, I know at Moran, there's, there's such a rub at Moran Park. Because... I'm not, I, I'm always really, I try to be really cautious with my words because when I say things, I'm not trying to dog anybody or any, any church or anything like that. But unfortunately, I'm afraid what ends up happening sometimes is you, you come in, it's like, well, make me, make me, mm. we just put a lot of expectations on you to do what God's putting on your heart. And I know with that comes some really uncomfortable stuff. And I know there's some things that we can do better to help support you in connecting you with others. But one of the most amazing things that I've seen lately, I've heard a number of you, I heard this, I don't even know who this is, I heard this like second or third hand. Someone goes, man, I'm having a hard time connecting at Moran Park, but the, the Lord just put it on my heart and reminded, reminded us like, no, we are the church. We need to step out and start connecting with people. So every Sunday they come here, they meet new people, and they write their name and something about them on a piece of paper, and they look, look for them the following week. That, that is stepping into the simple way of what God's asking them to do to connect with others. I know there's a rub when we talk about house churches. That for so often, we've conditioned you to say, just sign up for something and show up on the first day. And we're trying to equip you and empower you to live a lifestyle of, of listening to the Lord and saying, who does the Lord want me to be in a house church with? What does that look like, and how do I step into that rather than just showing up for something where there's no skin in the game? 
And so I know it's awkward. I know it's uncomfortable. I, I know it's, it's weird for all of us to try to figure out how do we empower you to live a lifestyle where we're not going to step in and do it for you because we don't want to enable you, but we also want to support you. And there's honestly been some ways we've done a terrible job of supporting you. And for that, I'm sorry. So I'm not saying this to say here we've got it all figured out. I'm not saying to say here the problem solved. But what I'm trying to tell you is that we're walking through this awkward journey together to try to say how do we support one another and give birth to the dreams that God's placed in each other's heart and love one another through that and us then care and encourage you through that. But my encouragement for you this morning is if God is birthing something in your heart, don't wait. If God's birthing something in your heart, Step out and do it. If you don't know how to do it, just ask. Not that we know how to do it, but we'll pray for you. I long for the day. Like, you got to know this about me. And I know this morning I'm all over the place. I know. I think it's just a challenge for us and it's a challenge for me right now we're trying to lead into a territory that we don't know where we're going exactly we're trying to figure out where how do we not make the church an institution an organization but a network of family together we don't know how to do that we're trying to figure out ways to empower you and equip you without taking over man we don't know how to do that we're trying to listen and obey the voice of the lord where we're not dependent upon a few professional people, but the church gets to equip to, gets to step out and do the church. And I got to tell you what, I've never been more hopeful for the church in my entire life. I got to tell you, I've never been more hopeful. Because I think the Lord is painting a picture for us all of the day where it looks like where it's not built on a few professional people, but that we all get to participate in what God is calling us to do. And I believe we're going to see this country transformed when the church steps in to what we're called to be, not because of a few individuals, but all of us get to do it. And I'm going to remind you this morning, Marion Park, you are called and you are equipped and you are qualified because of the spirit of the living God that dwells within you. Let's pray. is to have an all play and it seems like it's honestly overwhelming to know how to get there and it, seem, it seems messy and it seems uncertain but God that's what the, I think that's what you're calling us to be that's what your church is about that we all get to participate you know we have all different roles to play but God I ask that you would speak specifically to each one of us and what, what are you calling us into and maybe it's just a season of rest. And maybe it's just a season of prayer. And maybe it's just a season of loving my family well. Maybe, maybe it's birthing some kind of ministry. Maybe it's, maybe it's just loving my neighbors well. Maybe it's whatever. It is. God, you know. You know. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters who want to disqualify themselves. Say, I'm not as gifted as so-and-so. I can't do it like this. God, I pray that you would remind them of what you've spoken to them. 
for those dreams that you've planted in hearts, God, that we've pressed down or we've, we've moved away. God, would you bring those back to light, God, and give us an excitement to step in obedience to what you're asking of us. God, I thank you for the faithfulness of Moran Park. God, I thank you for so many ways you're growing us, for so many ways that you're just birthing different things in people, for the ways that you're, you're causing us to step out, for the ways that you're calling us to, to, to things that are uncomfortable and things that, that are right up what we're comfortable with. God, I just thank you for the ways that so many people are listening to your voice, God. I pray for an endurance. I pray for a steadfastness. I pray for a continuation, God, of the things that Moran Park is stepping into. Will you give them an encouragement? For those that are wondering, like, God, I'm doing it all wrong. I'm screwing this up. God, would you give them an encouragement to say, yes, but you're following me. For those that are weary, for those that are weary, God, would you give them encouragement today? Help us. Help us be the church that you're calling us to be. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.